family, what's up? Y'all already know what it is. We are back with another episode of Faith and Fame with me, your girl, Brittany Q. Hill. I'm so excited. Today we're talking about marriage, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and some other things, but you have to stay tuned to figure out what those are. This is Faith and Fame with Brittany Q. Hill. Stay tuned. Island, Probably Island. one of my favorite couples. Aww. I have to just swoon for a second. I met this couple back in November at our turkey drive. And I don't know about you guys, but instantly I knew that we were going to be family. Mm -hmm. Did you guys feel mm -hmm. that? Yeah. And you guys just have this like warmth about you. You were so welcoming and inviting and it just felt authentic. It's the Cali real. vibes. Yeah, it's the, it's the Cali <laughs> thing. That's what it it's is. It's the Cali yeah. thing. So similar to me, um, you guys just moved here from the Bay Area, California yeah. as well. You've been here how mm -hmm. long? We've been here almost a year now. Okay, yeah. and how do you like it? Adjusting, but okay. really like it. Yeah, yeah it's definitely sure. different than, than Cali. What do you yeah. miss the most about Cali? The food. The food! <laughs> Did y'all say that you did the food, really? Yes. You don't like Southern food? So it's it's a little different. I okay. thought I would get Southern food when I got here, but it's still like a city, so it's not hmm. as down south as I thought. Okay, mm -hmm. but your wife be cooking though. Listen, I've been seeing that gumbo sis. That's for sure. Tony be cooking, so you don't I miss try. out too much. Right. So I want to do a little icebreaker just to get you guys warmed up so we can let's have some it. fun. Right. Let's do it. So let's let's start with a few questions about y'all's marriage to see how well y'all know each other. Okay, I'm gonna put y'all to the test. Tony, I'm gonna start with you. Okay. Let's see what I can muster up. All right, what is Terrell's least favorite food? Like he just will not touch it. Hmm. Least favorite food. <laughs> we just got done talking about this. We oh, did. It's a certain thing. He was like, you don't like those, huh? I was like, mm-mm. Beets? That's one, but that's not what we were talking about. I don't remember what, was what we were it? talking what was about. It? Peas. Peas. Oh, that's so random. You don't like peas? Like <laughs> peas and rice with Jamaican food? No? <clears throat> really? Since I was a kid. I think because I was forced to eat as a kid. So okay. I was like, mm, got older, don't want right. it. You know what's funny? <laughs> funny. I love peas. I love, I love vegetables, mm -hmm. but people always just like go crazy when I say I don't eat fruit. At all. Yeah, that's, that's I different. I know. I'll eat the mess out of some vegetables. Mm -hmm. but help I me understand. Help me. Help me. Help me understand. I think I'm a texture person. So it's the way it yeah, fills yeah, my okay. mouth. I'll eat apples and I that like dried sense. cranberries okay. and sometimes blueberries. Okay. Um, but everything else, the way it fills my mouth is just. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. Wow. Like, how do y'all eat like mangoes? It's like stringy, Yum. and then peaches are furry, and it's just—it's too much going on. Okay, that's true. I kind of feel that way about bananas. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love now, bananas, don't don't though. you dare put no bananas in front of me. I love bananas. Awful. Okay, <laughs> your turn. Real. Yo. What is? <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of something funny. What is um one of Tony's phobias? What is she scared of? I only have one. Ooh, you better get, I know you better get it right. Why are you looking at Because I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you have one phobia? Something that I'm like, it terrifies me. Like, 
the thought of it is super scary. Give me a hand. Have we talked about this before? I mean, y'all are married. You should know. I'm saying. <laughs> it's, wet, it's wet. That's the hint. It's wet. Hmm. Is a it snake? a... Oh, my gosh, What babe. are you talking about? You want me to tell you? Please. Deep water. Uh, really? Can you swim? Oh, my gosh. She does. She says that all the time. The thing Her is, number one is fear. Yeah. I can maybe survive if it has edges. <laughs> so I wasn't about to laugh pool. at you, but I was trying to figure out what she was about to say. Maybe survive? Okay, we're not going to put that to the like, test. You know, you just drop me in an open body of water, I might not make so it. So like oceans and beaches and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I can't not... float. Oh, or oh tread goodness. water. Oh, wow. See, but there's a story behind this. The reason why I don't believe this is because we went to a water park with our friends, and one of our friends was stuck in the middle of a pool with a tube. And you swam all the I way did. out there, grabbed him, and brought him back. I did. That was love. But the floaty helped me, though. <laughs> See? But you <laughs> made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the thought of, like, jumping yeah, dude, off like of a boat water. into the middle yeah. of the ocean is That's just true. a terrifying That thought. is so funny. Okay, so I have a question for the both of y'all. Yeah. Both of y'all better get it right. <laughs> How long y'all been married? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Nine years in July. Nine in July. Yeah. Wow. Approaching a decade. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Whew. Okay. So before before we jump into our topic, I just I'm a sucker for love. Okay. I want to hear the story. How did you pop the question? So look, I'm gonna preface this, okay? Because oh lord. The only reason why is because now on Instagram, okay, everything is so big, mm-hmm. so huge, and jumping so, out of helicopters. Listen, <laughs> and it makes me feel so bad. Like, dang, I should have like. Took you to the middle of Times Square and like screamed it to everybody. But the way I proposed was on Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. My family usually gathers together. We spend the night the night before and we wake up and we have breakfast and we open presents and things like that. So all I did So I did it Christmas morning. And she had like ten boxes she had to go through. First Mm -hmm. it was a big box and it went all the way down to like a smaller box Mm -hmm. and the ring was there. So, I mean, the story with my wife, um, she put the pressure on me. I'm not going to lie. Give me some. She put the you pressure know, on listen, me. Listen, I'm going to let you know. You got about two, <laughs> two years at max. Maybe you know? that, huh? She put the pressure on, and it wasn't um, bad pressure, I would say. It's the kind of pressure that turns coal into diamonds. Mm. And so, for me, it was something that I needed in order to get my mind thinking about marriage. Wow. Because I wasn't thinking about marriage prior to that. Okay. Um, and when we got together, I wanted to take my time. Mm. I had like a five-year thought process. <laughs> why is that? Why do men take so much time? If you, you said you already knew. Yeah. So, why prolong it? I think there's a difference between the idea of getting married and the reality of getting married. I think for me, the idea of, yes, I could see myself I married. I told y'all this was gonna be good. <laughs> I told y'all I could get um, But I could see myself marrying her, um, especially after, you know, she kind of put the pressure on. But, really uh, quick, put a yes. pin in that. What was the pressure? It was basically like, you know, we've been dating. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are mm-hmm. your goals? What are your, what's your plan with me? Mm-hmm. Um, Were you prepared? 
to leave if he didn't respond accordingly? Absolutely. I know that's right. I mean, Girl, I, I, I love right. everything that he was and who he was, but <laughs> I wasn't trying to be a girlfriend forever. Because mm -hmm. you knew you were a wife. Absolutely. Now that right there is a message all by itself. Mm -hmm. You were a wife before you even became a wife. Absolutely. Mm. This yeah. finna be good. Okay. <laughs> so excited. Okay, so let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of marriage, right? Because I think so many people get so fixated on the wedding and mm -hmm. having babies yeah. and mm -hmm. the, the dress and, you know, all the great things that comes with getting married. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes we don't talk about and fully unpack what it means to stay married and yeah. what happens once the ceremony is over and it's just you and him looking at each other every day. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about, obviously we know that there are beautiful parts of marriage, right? Mm -hmm. The partnership, love, all of that. Um, but what are some of the not so beautiful parts about marriage? I'll start with you, Tony. Yeah, I mean, we're no, we don't hide the fact that our first year, our first couple of years were rocky. Okay. Um, I think we just, I, the, the fusing of two different people, mm -hmm. two different backgrounds, two different personalities yeah. is not easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of challenges that come with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first couple years was just us dying <laughs> to ourselves right. daily. That's a fact. Um, as we became one, we came into the marriage with expectations. Mm. Um, we, Did you guys communicate those expectations? I mm -mm. saw a quote the other day and I was like, man, that's a bar. It mm -hmm. said, um, miscommunicated or rather not even communicated expectations are really just preconceived disappointments mm -hmm. and resentments, right? That's good. Yeah, right? That's, exactly. Really, that's exactly what that it is. is. Yep. yep. That could be the banner under our first couple years of marriage wow. because sure. that's that's basically what it was. Wow. Mm -hmm. Nobody mm -hmm. talks about that. Nobody actually encourages you to discuss what your expectations are out of mm -hmm. each other yeah. before you commit to this person. Not even in marriage counseling prior to, no? They don't bring mm -hmm. that up. Well, the counseling <laughs> counsel really. we had, not necessarily, um, but we had counseling outside of premarital mm -hmm. that helped us unpack our wants and our needs. For sure. And that helped us really identify um, our expectations and, you know, things that we came into the marriage with and mm -hmm. that really wasn't healthy or, you know, that was so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so then piggyback off of her, like the some <clears> of the maybe give an example of an issue that you mm -hmm. guys had, or I know the dying to yourself, Yeah. but what else um, that you feel other people can relate to that we don't talk about? Yeah, I think just, I think piggyback off what she said, the merging of two separate lives into one. Mm -hmm. um, for me, you know, I was a bachelor in every right, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so for her- Pause. <laughs> even fathom that. Listen, if y'all knew Rail, Rail is a mighty man of God through and through. I'm talking about we'll pray something down. I can't even see that. Yeah. Yeah, wow. no, that's a fact. Look, Jesus look, does look. work. You bag him, though. Yeah, you got, you got him. Let him to you. Yeah, so, I mean, like, with that lifestyle that I had, um, you know, savings wasn't a thing. You know, I'm mm. living a paycheck to paycheck. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not really preparing for the future. When I met her, she was all about that. She was all about the future, planning, getting things mm. done. And so that in our first couple of years of marriage was like a really big issue okay. because she had been on her own since she was, what, 16? Can I ask really quick, yes. how old were you guys at that point when you first met and, you know, were dating? I was 23. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was 24. Mm -hmm. Y'all were young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, looking back on it, yeah. I know. <laughs> so young. And it's yeah. interesting because... 
I'm sure other people can relate. I told myself I did not want to even bother with marriage in my 20s. I said, mm-hmm. my 20s are for me. I'll mm-hmm. think about marriage when I get to my 30s. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Got married at 27. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're 25. Yeah. Almost 26. Wow, no, you guys. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That is so young. Yeah. So it okay. was a lot of just learning and growing for the both of us. We were strong in certain areas mm-hmm. separately. Um, and we didn't really rely on one another when it came to what are you stronger in? What am I stronger? We were yeah. kind of like clashing in those yeah. areas okay. instead of, oh, well, you know, for her, it was finances. Mm-hmm. So she's really strong there. But I was like, well, I want to grow. And she was like, nah, I got it, which kind of <laughs> stunted me, I felt, and didn't allow me to grow and nurture in that area. Yeah, yeah. And so we kind of just bumped heads and different things like that until marriage counseling. And they <laughs> what was the turning point at what year in the marriage did you guys? I'll say probably about year three. Okay. Year three. Probably. So then it is true. The first year or two is the most challenging. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I would say so. I, I know couples that had a smooth sail in their first year mm-hmm. and then they started to hit the rocky stuff. Yeah, so it varies. True. You yeah. know, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when these issues uh, would arise and even now, yeah. what is like the method of conflict re- resolution? Who's, who's the first to apologize? How do you guys get back on steady ground? <laughs> I think think I'm the first to apologize. I wasn't always that way, though. Okay. I mean, I've gotten to a point where I I don't like to be angry for long. Mm -hmm. It just takes too much energy out of me. Yeah. Because I'm a chronic grudge holder. Mm -hmm. I know that about myself. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to force myself to forgive quickly and Mm -hmm. to try to resolve things quickly. So I'm always the first one to apologize. Um, But I do understand that my husband is one who does not like to confront conflict immediately. Mm. He needs time. To let it process. Mm-hmm. And, yes. Cause I'm kind of the same way. So I can understand mm-hmm. that sometimes it's not that I don't want to have the conversation straight away, but I know if I do, I may say something I don't mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me take the time to pull back and really pray and ask God to check me and tell yeah. me where I was wrong yeah. before I confront the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think it's that and then also, uh, I wasn't really in touch with my emotions, so I couldn't really pinpoint. <laughs> you don't <exact>. say. Right. <laughs> I couldn't really pinpoint like what the exact issue was that I was having, and so mm-hmm. I needed a time to kind of regress and say, okay, how are you feeling? What emotion are you <laughs> really feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, what need was stepped on? You know, things of that nature. And once I had time to to process and pray, then I would come back to her and say, hey, you know what? This is what really bothered me and the move forward from there how how much time would you usually take before you do that um why are you over here smiling tony she's like he better tell the truth how much time like in the middle of the, the argument mm-hmm. before you actually come back and have that conversation i mean it, it depends it really depends usually it's after one of us has taken a nap or something oh so it's not days <laughs> no. No, no, no oh okay no, no, okay no, 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 no. it's the same it's funny. Yeah. i don't advise that Taking days. Okay. Mm-mm. So no. you you are big on the don't go to bed upset or yeah she's really good on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Cause okay. look, it'll show up in your dreams. <laughs> I wake wow. up. Mad, I will wake up madder than I went to sleep. Let me wow. tell you. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I've heard that. Mm-mm. But that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It will show up in your dreams. <laughs> That's deep. Okay. So that's crazy. Um, so question for the both of you. Why do you guys think that this generation is not getting married? Like, why do you feel like more and more people are opting out of marriage? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to take that, babe? 
Honestly, I hate to say it, but I feel like marriage isn't attractive anymore. Mm. Um, I don't know that there are enough examples of successful marriage. Yeah. Mm. Um, I know that we didn't have many good examples, Neither if any, mm -mm, mm. of what it looks like to be in commitment and partnership with someone and love each other and enjoy each other and yeah. go after goals with each other and yeah. build something stable with each other. We, we didn't see that. So mm. I don't think there's enough of it. And even today in like culture, you'll see like some of the most admired couples are divorcing. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. um, like, I just think about like back in the day where, you know, our grandparents and great grandparents were married for 20, 40, 50, 60 yeah. years. And now people are barely able to make it to five. Yeah. And yeah. you can't help but wonder what is happening. Yeah. You yeah. know, do you mm -hmm. guys think, and then I'm going to jump to you to answer the same question, but do you guys think that social media plays a role in any of that? For sure. Mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> I think mm -hmm. we are in a microwavable society and culture mm -hmm. and people think things are just going to go their way in the mm -hmm. timing that they want. Mm -hmm. And when it doesn't happen the way they want and the timing they want, they just pull out. Yeah. Wow. Like yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> fast and easy is mm -hmm. what people want. Mm -hmm. Easy. Emphasis on the easy. Yeah. yeah. Marriage is neither of those things. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They don't show the behind the scenes of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. They just yeah. show, you know, the the good family photo moment and mm -hmm. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. pretty much yeah. it. Like outside of that, you don't get to see what led to that moment or yeah. the argument that led, that was right before having right, that picture, right. yeah. you know? So I feel like uh, there's not a, enough reality when it comes yeah. to marriage. Mm -hmm. And not enough examples mm -hmm. of like how to, I guess, navigate the rough patches. Yeah. yeah. Because they come up it's inevitably, inevitable. right? For sure. Um, but there, people aren't open and transparent about that. Yeah, yeah. People are so quick to, instead of doing the work to mm -hmm. resolve and grow from it, they're like, I'm out. Because it's yeah. not Absolutely. easy. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. So what would you say is maybe one of the reasons why people aren't getting married? Um, at first, I thought I had a different perspective because you see it so much in social media and at first I thought, oh, a lot of people are getting married. Mm -hmm. But then I had to look it up and no, like people are not <laughs> Oh, slim pickings, uh, I hear y'all. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Right. Um, <laughs> I think just the, I mean, from a man's perspective, I think the lack of commitment. I think that's really what it is. Okay. I think men typically are afraid of the commitment of marriage mm, yeah. because it's supposed to be forever. Yeah. And it's supposed to be debt till death do you part, richer or poor, mm -hmm. better or worse. Like, and I think that alone mm -hmm. drives men kind of insane. Because yeah. they're just like, wait, mm -hmm. I have to choose you every day. <laughs> you know every what I mean? Day, and yeah. so I think that kind of plays a part within it. Um, outside of that, um, I, I want to ask a question to piggyback of what you just said. Okay. Um, because the idea of having to choose the same person every day is scary, especially for men. What do you mm. guys do to keep the marriage alive? I ain't gonna say spicy, but fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. to where it's like, it doesn't feel like, oh, I gotta do this again and tomorrow, <laughs> the day after, but like, yeah. I, I get to do this with her or yeah, with yeah. him. Yeah, I think uh, I was just looking at some notes that we got from our counselors the other day, and they said, uh, make sure you're paying attention to what works. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times we focus on the things that aren't working within the relationship mm -hmm. and that drives a bigger wedge yeah. instead of focus on what is working. Yeah. So what do we like to do together? If mm -hmm. it's just sitting down and watching Netflix, then do that. Yeah, yeah. For us, we like going out. We like road trips. So we make sure that 
we make time to go for a road trip. We're going on one next week. Mm -hmm. You know, we just want to make sure that the things that we enjoy together, those are the things that we prioritize. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I know y'all seen the gas prices in LA. It's you like understand? almost $10. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, in honor of LA, we going I'm going to let y'all gas each other up. Premium gas. Let's okay. What do you love the most about Tony? Oh man. Premium gas now. <laughs> Give her the gas. Premium. <laughs> I, no, and I say this often. My wife loves people. I mean, like, I've yeah, never does. seen anyone Aww, love does. people the way that she loves people. She, um, she is very selfless. Um, she would go out of her way for her friends, for her family members, even if it drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> she will go out of her way and bend over backwards and then some to make sure someone else is good. So oh, I love the way she loves people. Y'all so cute. It's so yes. disgusting. I mean, <laughs> goodness. All right, your turn. Um, well, he's fine. Okay. You know, you. I'm gonna just guess your man, girl. Look, I tell him every day, baby, you fine. I call him beautiful sometimes. See, I mean, he hates it, but oh, I hate it. Um, that's actually from, a huge compliment, though, to a man. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> don't call me beautiful. Don't. But do yes, but no. Thing. I mean, aside from that, like he's his heart for God mm. is so attractive to me, yeah. and I don't want to just sound super cliche about that, but. He prays. There's not a day that goes by that I don't catch him praying. Hmm. He, he could be in the bathroom. Let me tell you something. In the kitchen. I gotta, I, you know, I, I got to insert my opinion here. Um, maybe a few weeks back, maybe in a month. I don't know. But we mm -hmm. were at a staff meeting. And um, you just opened your mouth up and started flowing and praying. And I was like, oh, he could pray like that. I did not know. Because you have a very... Um, it's like a gentle spirit to you, sometimes very, not quiet, but like mm -hmm. very observant. He doesn't mm -hmm. say much until you, like, you got something to say. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you started praying, I was like, wait a minute, the mm -hmm. anointing on both of y'all, mm -hmm. on both of y'all. I'm not Thank even going to get into the conversations that you have had where you just pick up the phone. We got to move on. <laughs> we got to move on. Because I tell you, I'll get emotional. Um, <clears throat> the anointing on the two of you, both of you guys are are praying men and women of God. So I think that's also a testament to the longevity of y'all's marriage. Mm, I don't think you, that you guys could have made it too close to a decade without that. No, that's mm. a fact. Very <laughs> true. Very true. Like I always say, listen, you ain't gonna find no perfect woman, but you get your praying woman, listen, you're gonna be all right. No, and that is so key for any believer, like please, value prayer <laughs> like, tell I cannot, I cannot stress that enough <laughs> please value prayer mm -hmm. because when this isn't working right you can always connect and he will make sure it works right he'll mm -hmm. give you what to say in the Amen. moment he'll give you a, a different perspective Amen. it's always about being stay staying connected to god yeah. and when you do that everything it just works out that's true yeah. my husband always say i'm a better husband when i'm connected to god i'm a better person he says this yeah, about himself like i'm a better person without god i'm trash and i'm like that's a bar though i'm gonna tell you the truth that's the truth that's with anybody <laughs> yeah. without god i'm trash, trash you don't listen you don't want me without god so listen really so a thug trash. on the other side yeah. but yeah. um <laughs> It was important for me to get you guys to share that, what you guys love the most about each other, because we're going to shift right now okay. and talk about some of the challenges that comes in marriage. Um, one in particular that you guys have been so transparent and candid about, and I appreciate that honesty, because I know there's a lot of other people that are going through the same journey, but you guys are in the process of going through an infertility journey. Mm -hmm. So let's jump into that. Okay. Okay. Um, first, I want to know, when did you discover that there was an issue mm -hmm. with your fertility? 
Um, well, I was diagnosed with fibroids okay. three months before we got married. Um, the doctor said it wasn't a big deal, mm -hmm. nothing to worry about. It wouldn't prohibit us having kids or interfere with us having children. We weren't thinking about having kids until like the first maybe two years mm -hmm. of marriage. And so I want to say after two years, um, we started trying, not really like intentionally trying, but just having fun. Mm -hmm. And year five comes and there's he no laughs. baby, right? It's a good one. People, people say having like, fun. Just, just practicing, practice. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in the practicing, no baby. Mm -hmm. And okay. so it wasn't until about year five that I was like, you know, let me go take a look at some things, make sure everything's good. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that my cycles were getting much heavier, more painful. Mm -hmm found out the fibroid that I had had become seven or eight fibroids. They grew in size. Wow. And the doctors were like, if you want to have kids, these have to be removed. Uh -huh. And so I was like, okay. Um, of course, we wanted kids. So I was like, I'm going to just do it. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, it'll help with my periods. Mm -hmm. So I had surgery in 2018 to have the fibroids removed. And mm -hmm. the doctor was like, right after this, you should be able to try with no issues. Okay. Um, no baby. Mm. <laughs> Two years later, still no baby. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think maybe 2020 is when we started like fertility treatments. We mm -hmm. started with first IUI, which okay. is like intrauterine insemination. Mm -hmm. um, no success with that either. <clears throat> if you don't mind me asking, because mm -hmm. I'm not privy to any okay. of this lingo and terminology. What does that even mean? Okay, <laughs> so it basically means so you... It, you take medication to help your body to produce more than one egg and ovulate more than one at a time to okay. increase your chances of conception. Yeah. Gotcha. And with that, the doctors will take his sperm and basically inseminate me. Mm -hmm. So to give the sperm a head start. Gotcha. Um, to meet with the egg. Okay. Naturally. Okay. Um, so after maybe two or three rounds of that, um, the doctors were so thinking that it was going to work and it didn't work. Okay. Um, so that was about 2020. Fast forward to 2021. Um, we moved out here, got into new doctors. We wanted to pursue the fertility again and found out that the surgery I had in 2018 had caused scar tissue um, in my uterus mm. that needed to be removed. And during that procedure, they said, oh, your scar tissue actually blocked your tubes. So both of your tubes are blocked. So there's no way that you'll be able to conceive naturally in IVF and in vitro fertilization is your only option. So, yeah. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. <laughs> oh, Tony. Yeah. If you cry, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> so don't cry. <sighs> we get it together. <laughs> I'm not even a crier, but like, there's certain things that you hear that really like hit home. Mm -hmm. I think just as my friend, as a woman, mm -hmm. I can only imagine. Can you tell me what that was like hearing that? You know, oddly enough, I feel like I handled the news really well. Okay. Were you with her? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think because God had done so much work on me during mm -hmm. this process, during this journey, that I finally got to a place of like, come with me. <laughs> Mm -hmm. God's promise is going to prevail. Mm -hmm. So. I'm going to get it together. I'm so sorry, Tony. It's me. <laughs> I'm sorry, girl. I'm about to not cry. I know. And I don't even like, I'm telling y'all, I am not the most emotional person. But, but yeah, it was just like, when I got the news, it was just like, I had already resolved in my heart that whatever we needed to do, mm -hmm. 
God is still going to do it. Yeah. So. Amen. Yeah. And he will. Mm-hmm. Tell me what that was like for you hearing that. Um, I think the entire process, it definitely was an emotional one. I would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you go to the doctors, you expect they're going to know exactly what the issue is so we can move forward. And the things that they gave us, the remedies that were supposed to help didn't. And so for me, it was just hard seeing her go through it because she internalized and personalized it a lot. Um, And so we had to have a lot of conversations about that. I remember we were in Dallas one time and hmm. what was that news that you received in Dallas? Do you remember? Well no, I had I had started my period. That's what it was. Mm, she after thought yeah. trying. Yeah. And so I remember we were in the bathroom in our Airbnb and she just cried and all I could do is just like be there with her, you know, and just try to encourage her and let her know like, you know, it's not her fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's because we as women can internalize that like Absolutely. You know, maybe even sometimes feeling like your your body is not doing what it's supposed to do, you know, I'm sure that feels heavy. Mm -hmm. It's just, this moment is defining, I feel like, because this is, this is the part in your vows that says for better or worse. So I'm curious, how did this affect y'all's marriage? Honestly, my perspective, perspective, it didn't, Mm -hmm. I think, or at least it didn't in a negative way. I think it did in a positive way. I think Mm -hmm. it brought us closer together. It really helped us to encourage one another and to be each other's support system. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely cleared the air of like communication. We were, you know, she was op- open to say things freely, how she was feeling, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, so I think it was more of a positive, surprising than it was anything negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised, and I'm, but I'm grateful for that. Yeah. He's been a huge support. Yeah, that makes a lot of difference. Yeah. How do y'all stay encouraged? I know you said you, you encourage each other. What does mm-hmm. that look like? <clears throat> for me, I think it's just helping her to understand, like, like I said before, none of this is her fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. she can't control this. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, God's promises are yes and amen. So Come for on. us, it's whatever God says is ultimate. Yeah. That's how we are <laughs> in our household. If God said it, that's it. I don't care. What the road looks like, I don't care how we get there. We just know that's the promise. Absolutely. So for us, we've just always held on to the promise, and we always want to make sure that we're just saying that to one another. Like, mm-hmm. no, this is the promises of God. This is what God says. And so, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, absolutely, I agree. absolutely. What would you guys say has been the hardest part about this journey? <clears throat> Man, um, like I said, I feel like the. While the IVF process is a new process for us, we just started back in January. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, the journey of infertility has been a longer one. Mm. And during that journey, I feel like God has to do a lot of undoing. Mm. And like, I've had to come face to face with a lot of bitterness, mm. a lot of resentment, a lot of jealousy, mm. a lot of anger, mm. um, a lot of shame. Yeah. Um, and so I would think that that journey hasn't been easy. Yeah. Um, trusting God even through all of the health stuff has been difficult. Yeah. Um, believing that he sees me mm-hmm. is not always easy. Yeah. I got to pause you really quick. Um, one question I always like to ask, especially in moments like this, is how do you guys stand firm on believing that God is still a good God, even mm-hmm. in the midst of this? <clears throat> right? Because it's easy to say, God, why me? Why? 
why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. You know, you're the guy that can switch and change things in, a, in an instant. How do you hang on to, but he's still a good guy, mm -hmm. even if? Honestly, I just have to re rehearse the promises. Mm -hmm. Like that's all I have to hold on to. Um, and he has a track record of goodness, mm -hmm. even in the midst of this, mm -hmm. you know, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sorry, that's I don't okay. wanna cry. Okay. We'll jump to, to Terrell, how do you, how do you stay rooted in that belief that he's still a good guy? Yeah, his track record for me. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the Lord has delivered me from so many things. <laughs> and I mean, just, you know, salvation alone, like yeah. us being, from, you know, going from one style, lifestyle and one way of living to something totally different um, is a miracle within itself. Mm -hmm. And so I think always rehearsing the promises of God, always rehearsing the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. um, because once you are, you know, especially in this life of faith, like, they say faith is a muscle, you know, and you have to always exercise. You have to always, and that's not just when you feel like it. Fact, yeah. <laughs> you have to be like Dave. You have to rejoice. You know what I'm saying? You have to call back to the goodness of God and yeah. and and rehearse and say, God, I remember when you did this for that person, yeah. or you did it for me in this time. Yeah. Um, and so I think staying in those moments, even you know, when it's horrible and things are just looking so bleak mm -hmm. um i think <laughs> praising god anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> you having that anyhow praise with the black mm -hmm. churches just mm -hmm. praise him anyhow and and seeing god work in the midst of it and every time i've met him in those moments he's always come through he's always given me either the joy i needed the mm -hmm. peace i needed mm -hmm. the strength for the moment yeah. um mm -hmm. and so I, i've I've learned to allow him to be that anchor. Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. Would you mind sharing um, any part about the IVF process? Sure. I mean, I, just, I don't, I just maybe just want understanding for myself. What yeah. does that look like? Or, you know, for anybody that's going through the same process, mm -hmm. we're preparing. What does that look like? Well, I will say that um, before we moved here, we didn't think it would even be possible for us because okay. the health insurance we were under back in California didn't cover IVF and okay. so the out-of-pocket cost was like $28,000 or something mm -hmm. like that which we were like mm -mm. well <laughs> but I, I didn't I didn't know that it was covered under insurance yeah period. so we actually and it could you be if you if you can look into it look into progeny um, a lot of jobs partner with progeny for family planning purposes mm -hmm. okay I wasn't aware of this until I switched over to a PPO plan um, mm -hmm. when we moved here mm -hmm. um, but saying that to say um, it's a lot of medication. Okay. Um, the beginning stages of like preparing your body for egg retrieval mm -hmm. is about a three to four week process. Mm -hmm. And you just take daily injections because you wanna encourage your body to produce more follicles than necessary than it's used to producing on a monthly basis. Wow. So that when you go to retrieve the eggs, they have a high number of good eggs to choose to pick from. And mm -hmm. the only way to take that medication is through injections. injections. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So every day she's scheduled just on like clockwork. Do you do them yourself or do you do them? He did the first couple. I did the first couple <laughs> and then she was like, Oh, okay, I can do that. I got it. So she's it's not so bad. Doing herself, yeah. yeah. Every day. Every yeah. day. And then you get your eggs retrieved. I mean, they put you to sleep, mm -hmm. go in and take the eggs out, as many that they can as they can get. Mm -hmm. I think this last process they got twenty four eggs out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, is that average? Um, actually I don't know what the average number is, but of those twenty four, only sixteen were mature. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they fertilize whatever's mature mm -hmm. and then they incubate them for a total of six days, but okay. over that period of six days, they start to die. Like not all of them will make it. Okay. Um, so at the end of the six days, we only had three out mm -hmm. of 16. 
that made it. Yeah. yeah. Well, three out of what, 28 at first? Well, technically three out of, well, 16 that got fertilized. So gotcha. three out of 24, um, three made it, and then yeah. they freeze those. Okay. Um, if you're gonna do a fresh transfer, they'll prepare your body to transfer the, the egg immediately. I couldn't do a fresh transfer. I had to do a frozen transfer, so. Can you, can you elaborate on that? Mm -hmm. So during the process of um, taking the medications to encourage your body to produce more eggs, your estrogen levels are naturally rising, mm -hmm. um, and they should be rising around the same level that your eggs are maturing. Mm -hmm. For me, my eggs were maturing much slower, gotcha. so I had to take the medication for longer, which made my estrogen levels rise much quicker. Mm -hmm. When your estrogen levels get to a certain number, you're kind of at risk for what they call high, um, ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome mm -hmm. which essentially is just not good for your ovaries um, so the reason why they couldn't do a fresh transfer is because once they put the baby back the embryo in you your estrogen levels will continue to rise mm -hmm. and since mine were already at a elevated level they said that we need your body to self-regulate and get them back down to normal so I had to go through a normal period mm -hmm. to allow my levels to come back down and then they'll transfer the embryo. Gotcha, and that's mm -hmm. the next step, the transfer. Yeah. And Which is transfer. for in three weeks. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> so once they transfer, then that starts the process of you? Caring. Yes, it does. Um, there's still a waiting period, so once they transfer, you have to take more injections for the whole first trimester. Okay. Um, but the goal is to get a pregnancy a positive pregnancy test after mm -hmm. two weeks of transfer because it may not stick. There's also that reality that they'll put it in there and then it'll spontaneously miscarry. Okay. So the hope is that they'll put it in and it'll stay. Yeah. So question because there's three. Mm -hmm. Let's say hypothetically the first one, mm -hmm. you know, you miscarry. You still have those other two that you mm -hmm. can still? Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Yeah, and I will say, my wife has handled this like a G. <laughs> like, yeah. Seriously, and I, I think I had a moment, um, I don't remember where we were coming from, but I was just looking at her, I was just like, just so grateful and so thankful because this isn't something that I can do. Like, I can't physically walk this out with her. Like, mm -hmm. she has to do it on her own. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact that she's willing to go through such lengths just so we can conceive and, and carry on the legacy. Hmm. It just touched me and I was just like so thankful in that moment. But yeah, yeah she's been you amazing. You better hype your bull up. Nah, for you real, better. she's been amazing. Yeah. Thank you, babe. I love that. I, I love y'all's partnership and how you rally behind her during this process. I know that helps because I obviously, you don't want to feel alone in this process, mm -hmm. but I think you're doing a great job. Yeah, thank you. Great job thank covering you. her. We're going to jump to that. Um, first of all, I want to just say thank you guys for your transparency, yeah. for bearing your heart, for sharing that. I know that had to probably be a little uncomfortable, but thank you so much for oh, sharing and, and schooling me and educating me yeah. and anybody watching or listening. So I like to do something called an elevator sermon okay. just to wrap this up. And basically, you know, we, we hop on an elevator, we'll pitch our ideas or our businesses, but how often do we pitch an encouraging word to mm. somebody? You know, mm -hmm. this is our only opportunity to just share a little glimpse of Jesus with somebody. Yeah. So I want you guys to give us an elevator sermon. I'm going to start with you, Tony. Okay. And I want you to talk to the woman or even the couple that may be going through the same journey as mm -hmm. you, uh, maybe getting ready to start this treatment process. Um, maybe they're feeling just discouraged, broken, trying to figure out, God, why me? Yeah. Will you just talk to them and Absolutely. just give them something to hold on to? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. To the woman, to the couple that may be struggling with fertility, um, the condition of infertility, I want to first say it's not your fault. Mm. Don't blame yourself. Mm -hmm. 
Don't carry shame. Sorry. It's okay. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah. I read in Luke 1 the story about Elizabeth and Zechariah, John the Baptist's parents, and I came across a scripture that said um, they were blameless in the Lord's sight. They lived uprightly. They lived according to his laws and his regulations, but yet they were without children because Elizabeth could not conceive. And when I came across that, it made me realize. Sorry. Take your time. You can do everything right. And it still not be right. <laughs> so trust God with your journey. He sees you. There are many scriptures in the word that says, and the Lord remembered Sarah. Mm. And the Lord remembered Hannah. Yeah. The Lord remembered Rachel. Yes, God. And every barren woman in the Bible, he remembered them. Mm. And they birthed their children. So have hope, be encouraged, seek wisdom from the Lord. <laughs> because people will have their ideas their expectations, their opinions, but seek the Lord for your personal journey. Mm. Yeah, God got you. Mm. Stay encouraged. And I just have to say, mm -hmm. God remembered all those women and he will remember you, Tony. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he will. Mm -hmm. And I just think there's something so profound about this moment, you bearing your heart, even in your own struggle and pain, that God is going to use this as a moment to redeem you. Mm. Like, this is just the beginning of your story. We're going to look back at this episode and be like, girl, we knew you was about to get pregnant. <laughs> um, and I cannot wait to celebrate that with you. With yeah, you guys. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you for that. I rail. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to pass the baton to you. And for your elevator sermon, mm. um, I just have to say, I said this a second ago, that you're doing a great job. Thank you. And um, I just think that it's so important for women to see and for men to have this example of what a spiritual covering is supposed to look like, mm. right? When I think about you know marriage for myself and when that man comes along, the, the biggest thing that I'm looking for is can't you cover me, mm. right? I've mm -hmm. always, you know, they're the guys that can protect me and maybe got some money, but can mm. you cover me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I want to take this time for you to just talk to the men first mm -hmm. about what it means to be a covering, but also to the women who are waiting on that. What are things that they can look for or identify as an example of just that spiritual covering? Talk to us. Yeah, give us, yeah. give us something. That's no, all good. Listen, brothers people my man listen <laughs> it is on you to love your wife as Christ loved the church that's what it says in Ephesians um, and I take that to heart and I feel like when you really dissect what that means Christ loved the church so much that he was willing to give his life mm. for the church mm. and that's what we're called to do as men that's what we're called to do as leaders in homes and priests of our own homes um, so dive deep Get close to God. That is the main thing. Get close to God because without him, you won't even know how to love your wife properly. You need him to show you the way. Uh, for my sisters who are waiting and, you know, you're trying to look for the right one, um, I will say, first, God knows. <laughs> he knows who that man is. He created him. Mm -hmm. He already knows what's going on in his life. 
Uh, your job, according to scripture, is to wait. Mm. Which is not something we all want to hear. <laughs> but your job is to wait because as you're waiting and as you're doing what you need to do, God is preparing that man for you. Mm. And he's making him that strong man. He's making him that praying mm. man. And you don't want to jump the gun. You do not want to jump the gun and, and grab a hold of something that hasn't had time to really grow and mature. Um, so my, my, my prayer for you is to wait, is to have patience. Um, and when you recognize him, you'll know mm. because God will tell you, he will show you and he will confirm it. Now that's a word. Amen. I low-key feel like you was taking shots at me, but it's just all good. <laughs> all good. Man, thank y'all so much. No problem. This was refreshing. Thank, thank you, you so much for sharing. I don't usually do this. We don't usually close out this way, but I'm going to be obedient to the spirit. And I just feel um, there's more to this episode that other people need. So I'm going to ask you, Rel, if you don't mind, will you yeah. pray us out? Yeah, for sure. Whatever the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit pl places on your heart, will you just pray us out to conclude the episode? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Father, we just thank you for this time and this moment. We thank you for um, this conversation and the subject matter of marriage. We recognize that you are the author and the creator of marriage. Yeah. Um, and regardless of what culture is saying and how people are trying to implement what that means, you have the right idea. Mm -hmm. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will convict us first uh, to come back to the throne room of grace um, and receive the instructions of what it means to be a husband, what it means to be a wife, even as you're single, what it means to, to ready and prepare yourself for that mate. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that we will be ones that seek you first. Yes. <laughs> and as we seek you, we know that everything else will be added unto us. Yes. Um, so I just pray just great grace over my brothers and sisters. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just do a new thing within them first. Uh, before they seek out uh, uh, wholeness within someone else, that you will bring wholeness to them, God, yes, that you will God. go to those deep places, God, those intimate places, and you will bring healing and clarity, God, so when they join and meet, it can be as blissful and as loving and as romantic as you had intended it to be. Yeah. I just thank you for this time. I thank you for this moment. I bless our sister and this, this great uh, platform. I just pray increase over it in Jesus' name. And I just thank you for just the right connections, God. I thank you for finances. I thank you for influence. I thank yes, you, God, just God. for what you have for her. Mm -hmm. It's already for her. And I thank you that she doesn't have to strive, God. She doesn't have to uh, press her way, God, that you're going to open up the windows of heaven for her, mm -hmm. even in this platform. And as it touches so many lives, we thank you. We love you in thank Jesus you, name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I told y'all he could pray. <laughs> thank y'all so much for being here. Listen, before we go, I want just in case people want to reach out and maybe share their stories or get mm -hmm. some feedback. Yeah. How can they follow you? Where can we find you guys? Um, give us your social media, whatever you want to share. Yeah. Well, you can find me on Instagram, Mellow Yellow, <laughs> M-E-L-L-O-Y-E-L-L-Zero. Yes! On Instagram. <laughs> Mine is T.Bosic, T period, B-O-S-T-I-C. Um, and then we also have our joint, do you remember the name of that one? Everybody forgets their hey bosses at, at Instagram. Okay, it's I'll plug hey it in for y'all. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, that concludes another episode of Faith and Fame. I hope you guys were blessed by today's episode. If it if it touched you, drop it in the comments. Let us know, um, and we'll see you guys next time. This is Faith and Fame with Brittany Cahill. 